one of the most respected voices in the game. It's time to talk hockey with Peter Hood on Shome 97.7. Exactly 8.20. Good morning, Pierre. Hi, good morning, Terry. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. I was uh, chuckling to myself last night. I was watching the game, and uh, on uh, the Edmonton goal, I jumped off the couch and yelled, Offside! (laughs) And scared my wife. (laughs) She she must get used to the fact that she's she's sharing her life with a referee. (laughs) Yeah, always a ref. Always a referee to the very end. I just and I was so glad they challenged it because it was to me, you know, even even in in regular time without slow motion, that was that was clearly offside. Oh yeah, it, it was. You know, yeah. when you call the game, and especially from our new platform, Terry, yeah. I've got a bit of I've got a bit of an angle, so yeah. I'm always I'm always very careful not to to be too quick on 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 talking about offside and this and that. Uh, the uh, the challenge on the KK goal I knew would be a, a tough one for uh, for Dave Tippett because this was uh, also a clear cut new application of the new rule. Yeah. You know the rule yeah. that says that the skate doesn't have to touch the blue line anymore; it just yeah. can be uh, above the blue line. That was clear. But I think that even calling the uh, the the uh, the goal the McDavid goal. I, I kind of knew it was offside. Yeah. Because yeah. It was so clear-cut. And, uh, yeah, was, you know, that's why those replays are made now. Yeah, I was glad they challenged. And and speaking of your 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 new position, uh, Pierre, I, I wanted to ask you about that because watching the game last night, you know, they do that long shot just before the period starts. There's that long uh-huh. shot of you guys. And, and it just it looks really cool, but it also looks really weird. What's it like up there? <laughs> well... You know what? This is uh, what I like about the human nature, Terry. You adapt, right? Yeah. You always adapt to a new reality. Uh, so I guess that Mark and I, we found uh, we found our groove uh, in this uh, in this platform. Of course, it is weird because when when Stefan directs this shot, the camera is way above uh, the the rink at the other end. Of the Bell Center, so it gives time for this very slow uh, close-up on us. And of course, you see the empty seats, and you see the immensity of the Bell Center yeah, yeah. that looks so huge <clears throat> yeah. without spectators. But I'll tell you what, Terry, we've been doing what about uh, I don't know, 15 games maybe uh, from the Bell Center so far, and uh, we found uh, we found a rhythm, we found our niche. Um, Mark and I, we both invested in a small heater because it's, we're freezing cold. <laughs> so, <didn't> know that. <laughs> so as you can see, we can we can adapt to the right. situation, and um, I, I can I have I had to adapt to the angle as I'm talking about because we are about one third into the Habs defensive zone, two period two periods out of three, and uh, so I've got to to adapt to the angle as opposed to be straight at center ice. But all in all, we've got uh, we've got plenty of room. We feel safe because we've got sure. uh, we've got nobody around us uh, as such. And um, and as I told you probably a couple of times, when the game starts, I go into my zone, yeah. into my bubble, and uh, I try to do the best as I can to call the game and uh, forget about the environment. Yeah, but you're right; it is a bit weird all the time. Well, it's it was it's just it's a, such an interesting shot, and it's just you know like everything else about the pandemic, it's just so different, and yeah. it's just such a different thing to see. I just wondered what it felt like 
to be up there. And, and as you said before, uh, what a privilege for you guys to be able to call the games and, and be in the in the rink. I, oh. I, can't, I can't wait till fans come back, but uh, I'll take this for now. Yeah, well, the players say the same thing, yeah. Terry. They, yeah. they, they're... They they had it with yeah <laughs> play, playing with no spectators. Yeah. Uh, of course, there are a few spectators here and there uh, in the United States. We all understand the um, the uh, the delicate situation we live in Canada with the variants and with the um, with the increase of transmission throughout the country. I think that uh, it is wise to to be patient, as you said. Well said, as a matter of fact. In the meantime, let's appreciate what the players are giving us because they they go full throttle throughout the league. And uh, I guess we there's a lot to be thankful for. And we learned pretty quick last night which kind of Canadians we were going to get. We said rusty or tired, and uh, <laughs> or rust, rusty or, or rested. And uh, boy, uh, 18 seconds in, we realized they, they really enjoyed the rest. It was, they, boy, they played a good game, Pierre. They really played a good game, Terry. And you're right, it started uh, right uh, the, uh, with the first shift of, of the game. And uh, I guess you just you just said it very well. It's uh, it's two concepts uh, opposing each other, uh, rusty or well-rested. And obviously, well-rested uh, is something that was beneficial to the team. I think that, uh, you know, the older players, uh, when they go through, and especially the older players, if they play a lot, and of course I'm thinking about Shea Weber and the other veterans of the world of hockey, when you do play those uh, those games repeatedly against the same opponent and in a very compact schedule, uh, it's it, it takes its toll. And uh, it's not like you had training camp after summer break. It's not like you had those preseason games. It's not like you can spread your efforts throughout the lengthy schedule that we have usually. It's just the fact that you have to go all in uh, every shift from day one uh, with basically no training camp and especially no preseason games. So it's it's tough on veterans, on, on big, big size players. At the other end of the equation, Terry, it's tough on young players as well because young players, they do so much and sometimes they do too much to try to, to, to excel and to try to, to make a, a statement uh, in, in the NHL repeatedly. And I think that when you go a little bit away from the game, both physically and mentally, look at how uh, KK was flying on the ice last yeah, night. Yeah. And Nick Suzuki also certainly uh, benefited from this, uh, this break, this unplanned break. So I think that uh, now we've got uh, some sort of a lesson, right? If we had to choose, we would probably choose the break. Although it was uh, it was certainly uh, tough to swallow when it all uh, happened last Monday. Um, speaking of uh, McDavid, what and KK, what what was your take on that? I, I it just was um, as my uh, old friend Ted Bird said on Twitter last night. So uncharacteristic of McDavid, uh, his elbow to the face of uh, Kokanyemi. What did, what was your take on that, Pierre? Yeah, well, when I saw the play live, uh, I may not have seen the uh, the the, um, the overall gesture. I, I, you know, my task is to follow the puck, and when yes, the puck was gone, yeah. my eyes are gone with the puck. Yeah, and uh, I just saw the end of it, and I saw KK on the ice, and I saw KK having a little hard time to uh, to get up, and uh, it's when we saw the replay, and I would say the replays that we say, oh wow, what just happened there? <laughs> um, frustration. 
of course, big frustration. Yeah. And I think that frustration set it in very, very early in the game. Uh, not only because of KK's goal, but I guess that McDavid realized that uh, it would be an impossible task last night. And he's that type of player. Now, I'm not trying to support his gesture. And I think that if you're Connor McDavid or if you're Zach Cassian, the league should look at every single uh, doubtful play uh, with with equal with equal sights, right? Yeah. They should they should they should forget who the player is. Yeah, they won't. Uh, no, they won't. <laughs> and and the other thing I don't like, Terry, is that they will react according to the result. Yeah. So KK came up and he was smiling yeah. and he yeah. was having fun, and that's that's the sad thing. At some point, uh, I guess that you should be able to analyze a clear cut. A dangerous hit as opposed to the result but that's the way things are and you and i won't change that this morning we agree eh? yeah so absolutely but but, yeah. but 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 you know we get to we get to know those those very talented players who are also very intense and they hate to lose and i'll tell you what i've seen some stuff from Sidney crosby throughout his career that I didn't think I would see from Sidney Crosby. Right. When Crosby is in a grumpy mood, Terry, because <laughs> yeah. of losing, yeah. he's, he's a very intense player. Yeah, yeah. And when Connor McDavid got into the league at 18, like Sid, one of the first things that was uh, so outstanding, because the talent, of course, is so, is so immense, but one thing that was uh, really uh, visible is the fact that he hates to lose. He hates mediocrity. He hates when things don't go in the right direction. And I think he was, he was in a very, very bad mood last night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so it's, it was a dangerous hit. But uh, obviously, I guess that the call was right. Two-minute penalty. Yep. And uh, let's, let's move on. Um, uh, very quickly, I just I wanted to tip our cap to uh, Paul Byron. There's a professional uh, who went through a lot of adversity a few weeks ago, being put on waivers and, and all the struggles that he had. Boy, he played great last night, didn't you think, Pierre? Oh, absolutely. I guess last night's game uh, was the Dano line, of course, yeah. once again. The three of them, uh, because they just... Uh, they did everything well, including making Mr. McDavid and Mr. Dreisaitl not look so good on yeah, the ice. Yeah, so absolutely. we have to remember that. But yeah. you're right. Uh, KK uh, had uh, two interesting wingers to start the game. Paul Byron on the left, Arturi Lekanen on the right. And the three of them had a fantastic game. And uh, you, you're right. Hats off to Paul Byron uh, with a, a two-assist game and many hint interesting uh, shifts, including four hits. I mean, he's one of the leaders in hits with the team, and he's a smaller-sized player. And hats off to Arturi Lekanen as well, who had most uh, surely his best game of the season. So uh, there are various effects. The rest, of course. But I guess, Terry, that uh, internal competition is pretty good eh, for a coach. Yeah, no kidding. So, <laughs> well, Mikhail, Mikhail Frolik was on board last night. Eric Stahl is coming. Tyler Toffoli is skating almost full throttle, almost ready to come back. Ben Sherratt's uh, progress is faster than expected. This is all extra pressure on players to perform. And that's good news, bottom line, for Dominique Duchamp as a head coach of the Habs. All right. Uh, tomorrow, we'll talk about Ottawa. And I would like to close with this. Uh, uh, I know Mark embarrassed you last night during the broadcast saying congratulations to you. On your nomination um, for your award, congratulations, Pierre. 
Thank you very much, Terry. I appreciate it. Uh, as I say, I'm after Susan Lucci's record. <laughs> <laughs> I know you guys had fun with that last night, too. <laughs> you're, you're, such, you're such a humble man. You've How, how many times if, uh, it's uh, uh, the, uh, the Artist Award, how many times have you been nominated? I think I'm nearing 20. I guess it's 18. Okay. I won. I won once. Yes. Because because there was actually no nominees from the other network. So <laughs> so that's why I refer to Suzanne Lucci. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Terry. Uh, just take second, 10 seconds to say that this year, you know, the 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 um, the hosts they always say there are no winners, no losers yeah. Yeah. on those nights. You know what? I wish there was no trophy given this year. I wish it would be an opportunity to ha to say hats off to the wonderful television industry and and to all of us who have been doing our jobs uh, so uh, with 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 more pressure with lots of difficulties this year. Uh, I know there will be trophy trophies given, but in my heart, uh, more than ever, we are just one big family. And I include radio in this. I know radio is not involved in this uh, gala, but I think that. Uh, uh, we, we can be proud of what we've done collectively uh, in this very tough last year. And let's close on this wonderful note uh, by uh, welcoming back your uh, colleague, Christian Champagne. Just an amazing story. Uh, you know, I, I spent my day with a wonderful lady who is a cancer survivor herself. And uh, and we, we once you go through this process, I'm sorry, Terry. Once you go through this process, you understand so much better. And uh, what Lynn has been fighting is so fantastic uh, the last couple of years. And what Christian uh, has been uh, able to accomplish the last year with a very serious case of cancer, we were absolutely ecstatic when we saw Christian uh, resuming his work last night. So we thought it was a good idea to share with, the, uh, with our viewers. Sorry about that. No, beautifully said, Pierre. Absolutely beautifully said, and wonderful of you to welcome Christine back last night. Um, let's talk about Ottawa tomorrow, my friend. Yes, I will be from the nation's capital tomorrow, okay. so I'll have an eye on the parliament as okay. I give you my pregame report from the hotel. All right, enjoy the 417. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I have lots of music to listen to. Okay, thanks so much, Pierre. Okay, bye. Talk to you tomorrow, Terry. Okay, see you tomorrow. Pierre Hood is uh, with us every morning. A little extra time uh, this morning.